0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of The Skin Interview. I'm Megan Felton, the co-founder of Leone, and in this episode, I'm joined by Katie Service. I'm not going to go into too much about Katie, but she's a beauty expert in editorial uh, beauty director at Harrods, and she's most recently the author of the book, The Beauty Brief, An Insider's Guide to Skin Care. If you're listening to this when it goes live, which is January 26th, then we're doing a giveaway of her signed book over on our Instagram at LDN. So go enter to win that. And if you're listening a bit later, then you're in for a treat because Katie's incredible. So thanks for being here, guys, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Skin Interview. I am joined today by a very special guest, Katie Service, who has been a writer, presenter, makeup artist, beauty industry expert, and now most recently an author of a new book. So Katie, thank you so much for being here. I'm going to let you do a little bit more of an intro um, because you've just done so much. So I'm going to hand it over to you.
1: That was a lovely introduction. Thank you very much. Yes, so I am currently, my name is Katie Service, and I'm currently the Beauty Editorial Director at Harrods, which is a fabulous department store in London, in Knightsbridge. Um, and I've been there a couple of years, but I've recently just, or I'm about to publish, or just published, The Beauty Brief, which is Insider's Guide to Skincare, which is a fabulous book, and I can't wait for everyone to read it.
0: I can confirm it is fabulous. I actually got my hands on this early, so it did feel like I was a real beauty insider. Um, the book is so incredible. I was saying this before we hit record. I have read it front to back, and I absolutely love all of the you know practical knowledge that's inside. I wanted to take notes in it, but it's too pretty, so I have put Post-its with all my notes inside. You can see. You guys can't see, but I'm holding up <laughs> the book with all the Post-it notes. But before we go into the book, I just wanted to hear more about the process and how you decided to take the leap to become an author of this incredible book about beauty.
1: Yeah. Well, actually, um, I started off life. Well, I didn't start off life. I started off my post-university life, I suppose, um, as a makeup artist. Uh, I did a kind of relatively uh, bookish subject of classics at uni. And so I think I just wanted to get my my sort of hands creative when I moved to London and I started working I was really lucky I kind of fell into a role of assisting an incredible makeup artist that many people will know some may not she's called Kay Montano she does amazing kind of red carpet makeup now but when I was working with her she was doing lots of editorial sort of covers of Vogue and runway shows and things like that so so really I suppose my, my training in the beauty industry it was very very hands-on quite literally um, a lot of touching people's faces learning about skin in a really kind of like upfront way which which was great and then from then I then managed to fall into an amazing job with a beauty director um, at Condé Nast International she looked after the beauty shoots and beauty pages for Vogue Japan and Vogue China and I watched she's called Kathy Phillips and is an absolute guru and those who are into skincare, we'll know her for founding This Works, as um, the kind of aromatherapy skincare brand. And yeah, she was probably my, my main kind of inspiration. And I remember someone telling me when I when I went and worked for her, my goodness, you're going to work for Kathy Phillips, you'll never look old. <laughs> um, <laughs> because she is just an incredible skincare. And yeah, I, I think it presumed I'd be getting fabulous facials for the rest of my life. Which but is the yeah, dream. From, from there, I suppose. Yes, it is the dream. It's the absolute dream. And from there, I went to work on it more magazines. I worked at ES Magazine. I worked at Sunday Times Style. Uh, and then I wound my way into, into Harrods. Um, and by then, I'd accrued, I suppose I, I wouldn't call myself the world's biggest skincare expert but i'd accrued so much knowledge from facialists um and from dermatologists and people like yourself um and that i that i've met along the way and and so and so many people were asking me you know how can i what should i be using on my skin you know coming to me with all these questions from this place that were so confused because
0: you know, I mean, the skincare industry is is very complex. It's so complex, and there is so there's so much more information out there now than there ever has been, just because we have access to all of this information online, you know, from Instagram to TikTok, it can be really confusing and overwhelming. I, you know, I think it used to be so much more streamlined and simple. You would just go into a department store, you had the brand rep that you trusted, and it was just all pretty straightforward. But now there's just so much information. It's really hard, I think, to navigate and yeah, to know what's best, what's best for you. So.
1: Totally. And it was like, you
0: followed the clinique sort of three steps step and that was all you needed to
1: know and now you've got you know k-beauty which has 11 steps and j-beauty which has even more you know how many steps are we supposed to have and and i suppose that's the whole the whole business that you're in is helping demystify and, and that's what i wanted to do I, I i felt actually getting great skin can be quite simple mm-hmm. you know if you strip things back if you educate yourself a little bit you know you really can get by and you can do quite well
0: exactly Exactly. So, I do just want to digress a little bit quickly to what actually got you into this because you're so passionate about the industry. And just, you know, reading your book, you can see that it really shines through. So, the beauty industry is a really fun industry to be a part of. You know, it's, of course, serious business. I think that sometimes can get a little bit lost, but I do think that people are starting to take it much more seriously now than ever and taking notice of you know the innovation and opportunities that are provided by the industry so where does your you know your passion for for this industry come from
1: yeah it's funny how it's a serious but it's a fickle industry isn't it i mean and i've always found a lot of people you know they either get beauty and they get how how much of a lucrative industry it is for the world they get how scientific it is or they think it's very kind of namby-pamby and fluffy and actually it is both isn't it mm-hmm. you know and, and and that's why it's quite a nice industry to be in because whatever your mood you know whatever mood you're in you'll you'll find something for you but I suppose yeah, I've always been fascinated by appearance and aesthetics and the kind of visual of it. And I think that's why you mentioned that you thought the book was pretty. That was so important to me, you know, the design and the art behind it. You know, it's um, the pictures, uh, the illustrator is a girl called Constanza. She lives in Australia, so I've never met her. Um, but she is so, so talented. Um, and she has this beautiful kind of way of, of depicting the, like, beauty I suppose it's very accessible but very artistic and very very beautiful so I think you know from the kind of aesthetic side of thing I was really fascinated in that and that's why I started in makeup artistry probably you know that there is a amazing kind of transformative element about beauty as well Mm -hmm. um and you know utilizing little tricks and tricks that you would have learned at you know in art classes at school you know that help to kind of lift and sculpt the face or adding highlight and glow to your skin and making yourself look totally transformed. I, I think that's really clever and very creative it was mm-hmm. really well. So that's probably how I kind of got inspired by it. But then the second thing I, is, the, is the people, you know? There are some incredible people that work in this Incredible, industry, I, mean, I from, had no from, idea. From, yeah, absolutely, I mean, you know, these days in skincare, There are kind of NASA scientists and there are people who are, you know, looking at bioidenticals and, you know, stem cells and, you know, winning Nobel Prizes. I mean, I don't know um, if you've seen the brand Nobel Panacea, you know, that's started with the science of a a Nobel winning scientist, um, a chemist, I think, you know. And then you've got like incredible people like Millie Kendall, for example, who I've quoted in the book, who is, has just, just before kind of like all of COVID, don't mention the C word, but all of um, that started to happen. And the first lockdown, she founded something called the British Beauty Council, which is the first ever government lobby group. So she's in talking to sort of Rishi Sunak and sort of demanding that beauty salons be kept open and and that sort of thing. So it's also very political. um, And there's, some amazing kind of campaigners within the industry. And then there's artists, you know, hairstylists, makeup artists, people like Sam Knight night um, and Eugene Suleiman. And then there's incredible dermatologists and facialists. It's just such a varied
0: cast of characters, isn't it? It is. And I had no idea really before I got into it because my background, actually, I did um, a master's in luxury brand management. And so I was studying the in- industry kind of as an outsider looking in. And then once I was inside of it, I realized that actually like you said, there's so many different characters. It's a very diverse industry, even though I know that inclusivity, we're, you know, we're moving in the right direction that way. It wasn't always inclusive, but I think it is becoming more inclusive and it's just, yeah, you can be very creative, but you can be, you know, you can have causes that you support. And I think that it's really exciting. I think it's an exciting time to be in, in this industry. And I think especially just seeing your journey from, you know, when you started to now, I'm sure it's, it's changed. It's changed a lot. And now you've kind of accrued all of this knowledge and you've put it into this guide, which I think really covers, it covers everything. And I, you know, I know a lot about, of course, different, you know, ingredients and different terms and things like that. But there were some that I did not know, especially when it comes to the K-beauty stuff, just because we're all about kind of streamlining your skincare, keeping it simple. But K-Beauty is really fun. And so I think that you can like, you know, boost your routine with K-Beauty and make make it a little bit more interesting. And that was a really fun section. So I want to get into like all of that too. But just quickly, how how did you decide what went in the book and like what was the process? Because like I said, there is, it does kind of cover everything.
1: Yeah. I mean this book, I I could have spent 10 years writing this book because not only there is so much stuff within skincare that you could write about, but actually also it's also a really fast-paced industry and all the time, because these brands are in competition with each other to bring out new products. And so, you know, win over customers, they are, you know, they are employing the best scientists to find new ingredients, better ingredients, more interesting ingredients, you know, ingredients from the other side of the world, um, you know, that are going to make their product better and work faster and more effective and that essentially sell more products. Um, so it is a really fast paced industry. And But how did I decide? I mean, I suppose I I, I first, I, the first thing that, and it was actually my publisher who helped me do this as well, was to break it down by, um, sort of time of day and how you use skincare throughout 24 hours, whether that's in your bathroom, your bedroom on the move. And that kind of allowed me to think about, you know, what I needed to talk about in those sections. As you say, yeah, there's a really fun section on K-beauty. There's a section on, um, Wake Up to Makeup, so kind of those skincare ingredients, which are sort of just veering into sort of makeup hybrids, so everything from primers to luminizers to SPF layers that you put on at the beginning of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we start with the kind of morning brief, um, and then it goes into your kind of daytime stuff, your on-the-go stuff, and then your nighttime stuff, and then I put a lovely section at the back, which I loved researching, um, which is called At the derm. Which is everything you need to know about if you go and see a fabulous dermatologist. Why you should go see a dermatologist as well, Mm -hmm. because a lot of people don't see one on the way, right? Um, But it's a really good investment in your time and money. I think it's just one step further than that skincare pot, isn't it?
0: Yes, and it's really interesting as well. You know, to note just the cultural differences in beauty too. I am American. You know, living in London, and we started our business in London. But in America, you know, going to the dermatologist is really one of those things that's just like on your checklist. You go to the dentist, you go to the dermatologist, et cetera. So I think that it is definitely becoming more of a movement here, you know, in the UK as well. I mean, your skin is your largest organ. And so, you know, if you think about it, if you had any issues with another major organ, you would definitely – be going to a doctor. But now we actually do refer clients to see a dermatologist when we feel they have, you know, skin conditions that need medical attention and are kind of like beyond what we can do with skincare um, that are out of our our area of expertise. So yeah, I, I love that you, you know, what you highlight and also these details of like the more aesthetic things too, like different types of treatments and, you know, injectables, which are super buzzy. And I feel like people, people are curious about, about, you know, these, these different types of treatments and things. And, when you might Google search something, you definitely won't be getting the most accurate answer or definition. So I think that's a really great part kind of to highlight as well.
1: There's a lot of hearsay with, with I mean, and I think we're talking about things like injectables, aren't we? And slightly more invasive things like lasers and microneedling and all that stuff. And yeah, there, there is a lot of hearsay. You hear a lot of stuff from your friends you know there's a lot of marketing there's a lot of kind of like you know Groupon vouchers for things like you, you can you can be confused so you do need to do your research and you do need to know what you're booking in for
0: definitely definitely so i just want to go ahead and get get into it to dive right into the book so Usually, the format of the podcast is an unboxing. So today, we're just going to be applying that to this book. I'm holding the book up now. I have it here. Uh, it really is so beautiful. There's actually a section in the back where you can make notes because if you're like me, I just did not want to ruin the the beautiful kind of art and illustrations inside. Um, so yeah, you can make notes there with a pretty pen to go with the aesthetic. But basically, so let's start at the beginning section. I. That section's get the glossary. This was really a favorite of mine because it goes into the kind of debunking of labels and brand marketing, which we mentioned earlier. You know, the beauty industry is really fun. There's a lot of fun marketing, but you can get a little bit lost in it. So you point out here some of the buzzwords that can be misleading. And we really almost get immune to these words. So I just want to point out a few of them that stood out to me. So long wear, detox, dramatically, magic. I love when. Kind of quote that you said here. It was, um, if you believe in magic, then I'm afraid you are reading the wrong book. No single cream or ingredient is magic. So I completely agree. There's no such thing as an overnight, overnight miracle or magic cream. So how did you actually go into debunking these labeling myths? Because it's really hard to tell actually what's real and what's marketing. You know what's regulated versus what's not regulated. So how did you how did you navigate this and get started? Because it must have taken a lot of time.
1: Yeah, well, I, I spent a couple of days going down kind of skincare aisles. I mean, I'm obviously lucky to work in Harrods, so I've got a skincare haul on on my doorstep in the office. But um, but you know, going through Boots, going to Waitrose, you know, really looking at the words that were popping out on the front because there's a very different types of words. I use on the front of the bottle as to the back. Mm-hmm. And the front is where all the kind of attention-grabbing, marketing words are, exactly. And there were, when you wrote them down and you took them off the product, there were words that I went why is that on the front of a skincare label? And actually, you know, you say about long wear, that's one of the words that is, really makes me laugh. And, and I interviewed um, for the book, a, a beauty journalist called um, Atta Jewel. And she said, she quoted for me, she said, the phrase long wear makes me laugh with it. When brands promise 72 hours wear, I just want to ask, are you sleeping in it then? Are you not cleansing your skin? Why aren't you washing your face? <laughs> and that made me laugh. But I also spoke, for example, for the book to um, a product developer called Haley Blue Fitzpatrick. And she explained to me that, you know, long wear is not by any means scientifically measured. You know, there's no scientific test to see if a foundation will last for a certain amount of time on your skin. So it's all consumer trials. You know, a product will be given to a certain number of, People in real life to try, and then they will feedback um, in a question and answer, or a spreadsheet, or a questionnaire whether they felt the product was long wear. So there is no scientific measure for it, and there's nothing wrong with having that on the front of a skincare. You just need to be aware. You just need to be educated that you know this is something that is kind of subjective, dependent on the person trying it.
0: Exactly, and I I really love that you're pointing out. You know those kinds of things and really lifting the curtain a bit um, in that way. So, you know, you do also highlight some more fun terms like cloud creams and things like that. But I think in regards to, you know, long wear and those marketing terms, you know, I really had no idea before I did my skincare qualifications and started learning a lot more about the industry that you – you know like you said they they don't have to be backed up a product can literally be given to a skincare brand's team to try and test and and that's that's the long wear test so um yeah i love that section i just really like that You also have other experts included here as well. So, you know, there's quotes, commentary and insights from big names throughout. Um, I love seeing all the different kind of people that you had involved. Um, I think that's just so important because there are definitely many different viewpoints and opinions. There's not, you know, one right or wrong answer for some things. So I do love that those are kind of sprinkled throughout. So yeah, that's that's amazing.
1: Totally. I mean, definitely don't just expect my opinion in this book. There There are some great people. We've got quotes from... Makeup artists like Charlotte Tilbury um, and Hannah Martin, dermatologists um, and uh, cosmetic surgeons. We've got um, Dr. Yanis um, Alexandridis, who founded One 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 Skin. Um, some real experts, specialists like Nicola Joss and Theresa Tommy.
0: Yeah, there were so many, um, and I just love seeing all of the different names as I went through because they're all people that I really, you know, admired too. So it's it's a really incredible group of experts um, that are in this book. So going on, as you move through, we have the grocery at the start, and then you separate it on time of day. Um, So then you have wake up to makeup. And within that, you have another section that I really love, um, which is the K-beauty prep section. And in this, there are terms that I, I mean, I really didn't know about some of these, like crystal ice plant, chalk, chalk skin. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. And silk finger balls. So this section must have been really fun this was so fun uh
1: there is some crazy stuff in korean beauty you know from sort of i mean everybody's heard of snail slime right um but they also kind of invented things like the alphabet cream so you've got like bb creams, cc creams dd creams ee creams you know that goes on forever they've also got something called glass skin or that's referred to as glass skin um which is the idea of having skin that's so clear and sort of juicy, that it's reflective like glass almost, you know, it's like so pristine. It's Um, so
0: pristine.
1: And I think aesthetics are changing a lot around the world all the time, but it's certainly in in that part of the world.
0: Yeah, it's really fun. And I think just because there's also all of these, you know, K-beauty brands that come out with these crazy different creams, now the Alphabet one, I think it goes to E.E. now, right? So yeah, I think that that is was it was kind of fun to look at all of those definitions just all in one place and from an independent source rather than from the brand also. Um so that's another thing to sort of point out is that you are, you know, offering an unbiased perspective rather than coming from a marketing standpoint, which is really great. Obviously that's, you know, in line with what we do too. So yeah, I really, I really appreciated that. Totally. I mean there there is lots of product recommendations in this book, but
1: mostly I think it's just a, you know, if you take yourself away from all the brands and all the marketing, it's just kind of like how do you navigate that how do you choose which brand and maybe you know it's sometimes it's really nice to choose what brand you use from the packaging because it looks lovely in your bathroom shelf and that is important (laughs) yeah but actually looking at like the ingredients is more important really than looking at the buzzwords or how they sell it to you
0: yeah, which is definitely an up and coming trend. This kind of rise of the intellectual consumer—that's you know a group of people who are really educated on product formulation and ingredients—which actually is something that you do talk about as well in the book. So we're going to get into that shortly. But I just want to move on to the on-the-go section. So there are a few things I just wanted to highlight here because when we are on the go. So back when we obviously could be a little bit more on the go, traveling, running around the city, etc. Um, our skin can be super vulnerable. So especially the skin on our face, because it's the most exposed, we're not covering it up with coats and things like that. Um, but it comes in contact with a lot more of the elements really. So, you know, pollution, uh, weather, UV light, blue light, external, all of these kind of external irritants. So definitely having this kind of like on the go section is really helpful. And I loved it especially because I do have some long haul flights as well, going back and forth from London to Texas when that, you know, it was okay to do and whenever it's okay to do again. Um, but you give such like a good, a good brief and a kind of checklist of the things that you, that you need. So I'm going to be using this for sure.
1: a regular flight, what do you use then? What's your, what's your regulars?
0: Yeah, no. So I actually, so I start, that's a good question. So I, I, um, I actually start mine before I even leave the house. So I'll take a shower literally right before I leave for the airport. I have really sensitive skin. So like once I've, you know, cooled down a little bit, um, I'll then do a super hydrating routine. So really nothing that's going to cause inflammation, no actives or, or anything like that. And it depends on the time of day, obviously the kind of next steps, but I'm big, the Dr. Jart, speaking of K-Beauty, I'll use that kind of product. But I guess, so yeah, it really depends on when I'm, I'm flying really. So if I'm coming back to the US, that's a daytime flight. So I would do more of like an SPF day routine vibe, very hydrating. But then if I'm doing the overnight one, I actually would do my entire routine on the plane like just before I go to bed, people think I'm totally crazy i would I used to when this is like okay, I would line up all of my products on the on the tray table and go through it all. This obviously has changed a bit with masks and also just like the sanitary kind of thing of it, but um I still will like go and do a routine you know kind of on the plane just to to kind of wind down and everything but yeah that's that's my kind of thing. I just would say like no actives and and nothing that's gonna strip your skin back before you get on the plane. I
1: bet you
0: look you get there. yeah as as fresh as you can look um under eye patches are a must they help me so much I like those Peter Thomas Roth ones which are kind of hard to get in the UK but yeah under eye patches are are great and then I love also the doctor see, I'm like plugging Dr. Jart but I love the Dr. Jart masks as well like a sheet mask if you really need that extra hydration in flight
1: I mean all of the best facial and make makeup to say to me don't wear any makeup ever on a flight you know completely no. go bare face which is quite a brave thing to do mm-hmm. um and then I always my big trick as well is that I as soon as I get off a long haul flight and I get into the taxi I apologize to the taxi driver and I put on a um Dr. Colbert Illumino uh sheet mask which is I think mm. actually the best thing Probably ever been made ever almost <laughs> after chocolate or something like that. Like, it's so good. And I've actually then gone straight into the office, you know, from the long haul, the red eye and people have gone, wow, your skin looks amazing. Have you really been on a flight? It's so good.
0: That's the best compliment because you feel so tired, but if your skin, if you, and this is the transformative power of skincare and makeup is that if you can just look a bit more awake, then you feel more awake. <laughs> Totally. It's psychosomatic. Yeah, (laughs) it is. is. But yes, I will be putting this into practice. um, Definitely. And yeah, I think that for those of you that just don't, I mean, we will travel one day. I know that it's still COVID time. So we will all be traveling again someday. And this is a very good little kind of checklist. So
1: for sure. But also the, the section that we're talking about on the go it You know, it isn't just about kind of like traveling internationally. I really like, like you were saying, like, I really think people need to get used to moving around, you know, moving their skincare items out of their bathroom. Like I am a big fan of minis. And so in my makeup bag, I love to have a mini version of my serum, mm-hmm. a mini version of my moisturizer and to use them through the day, you know, like there are parts of the day where I find my skin is very dehydrated or very, you know, overly producing sebum. And, you know, just because you're not in your bathroom doesn't mean you can't, you know, fix your skin or look after your skin or give it what it needs at that time of day.
0: It's so true. It's so true. And I think, yeah, especially living in London and like, you know, you're moving, you're constantly moving around. And um, one of my favorite things is Clinicept and actually, well, now it's Clinisooth because they've they've kind of done a rebrand, but Clintus, it's great to kind of like pack in your bag. It's not many, but I mean, I, I carry around like, I'm like a bag woman. I carry around everything. I have six bags with me at all times. And one of them is my makeup bag and one of them has skincare in it. No, but you, because you, do you cycle now. And so how are you doing with your bag bags? You just have one backpack. I'm, I'm guessing.
1: Yes, and my friends got me this amazing basket, like a wireframe basket that I have front. So I've got one extra space for more skincare. Um, But, you know, it's not my skin that I worry about on my cycle. It's my hair. No one has come up with a cure for helmet hair yet.
0: We need one. (laughs) I could see that. That's like the next kind of like device, you know, because now we have stuff that we sleep, like the silk cap that I sleep in and everything. So that's a great idea. Moving on to kind of the back of the bottle. So we talked about like marketing terms in the beginning, like the glossary, um, get the glossary of those terms. And then you move into the back of the bottle, which I think just the way that like the whole book flows is so nice, but you decode some cult products, which I found fascinating. And honestly, especially with the, so you give some case studies basically into looking at the back of an inky list and what each thing means. And I think that ingredients lists are very confusing and I don't necessarily think they're always meant to. They're not necessarily meant to kind of confuse us, but you know they have to be there. But also, formulations can be really deceiving based on you know where the I guess where the ingredient is placed on the list and what the actual name is and what that actually means because something can look very sciencey, but really it is derived from a natural ingredient. So you know I love that you kind of point out some of that too, especially with Villeda. you talk about their products being natural and how they actually. I mean, I went down a full rabbit hole. I like was on Google and YouTube and stuff looking at it after this, but they use a process called biodynamics, which is basically where they plant, um, based on kind of the moon cycles, but you really decode, I digress. You really decode that, decode that ingredients list. And so talk to me about how you did that, because I think it's, it can be really confusing
1: firstly let's I mean the rabbit hole for biodynamic farming is quite incredible like I'm glad you fell in it like (laughs) that took up like weeks I should have just been writing the book and I was researching biodynamic farming it's like for people just google it everybody it's like (laughs) an early principle of organic farming that that exactly relies on the sort of cycles of the moon and and one you know the soil the animals the plants the the weather it's all one big system
0: it's all connected there's
1: a lot of like yeah but it is all connected really, and so it 's a, it's a lovely way of farming, you know everything 's natural and and Waleda, which is, um, has its own biodynamic farm in Germany, which is where I think forty percent of the globe's biodynamic farms are um, they all of their products are one hundred percent natural and the product that I kind of sort of dissect in this section is called skin food and lots i 'm sure you recommend it to people all the time. It do. is the most nourishing nurturing, delicious, you could practically, I think you probably could eat it. If you, you know, I've broken down the ingredient list. I think you probably could eat it. <laughs> um, incredible skin cream. But yeah, no, so the inky is, you know, that, so I think I, I describe in the book, the skincare as being like, you know, the back of the label being like the B side of a record. Yep. You know, there are some real gems there that you definitely shouldn't miss. Um, and, you know, so on the back, you'll find the inky list, which is, um or the INCI list. We call it inky in the beers. And it's basically like a standardized way of listing ingredients that all products that are made, all skincare products um, have to... um, have to do Uh, and it's a bit different in the states but it should be the same in uk as in the rest of europe i think Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah so you have this list of ingredients it like there are either like very scientific terms in there and like you said earlier like some terms are not as scary as they sound like one i found is um tocopherol for example sounds very scientific and is in fact just vitamin e Um, so once you know something like that you can then spot it on every ingredient list that you look at and so I think it's a little bit like um, you know learning, um, you know, looking at a food menu, a restaurant menu in another country. Like once yep. you learn, if you, once you learn entree, once you learn what the main course means, once you learn what chips are, you know, you can sort of <laughs> navigate it a lot better. You'll end up eating quite well.
0: <laughs> no, it's exactly that, and I think that there's so much fear mongering around certain ingredients. And, um, it's a lot of marketing, great marketing by some brands to then, you know, I guess, scare people into using theirs. They can do what they want to do, but I do have an opinion on that. Um, but I think that what's great here is that for example, alcohol, which is in, which is in the, the skin food, you say vodka, tequila, Sadly not. Um, And you talk about how in this case, it's actually organic vegetable-based alcohol that's used in the extraction process to deliver all the goodness from the plant actives to the skin. And you go into a little bit more detail, but that it's really, it makes people feel so much better to know, okay, this isn't just some, you know, super stripping alcohol that's going to hurt your skin barrier and this and that, because that's kind of what we're being told right now. I think that's what the narrative is. So- that's, it's really, really good. And you go into some really, um, some other really fun products. You do the Charlotte Tilbury magic cream, which I also love. You do the Glossier solution. Yeah. How did you pick this? My honest opinion. I think that for potentially maybe one or two times a week, it could be okay. But I do think that for young skin, which is the demographic for Glossier, it's much too harsh. And that's, you know, even just going through the inky list as you did here, there's acids in it and just some things, some fragrance and I guess fruit extracts that can also potentially irritate the skin barrier. So I don't know. Maybe that's controversial, but it's not It's not my favorite product.
1: I mean, I think it's interesting with Glossier, isn't it? They There's such hype behind when they launch a product. Um, and there is such, you know, their packaging is so incredible. People get very excited about anything that they do. And so I think there's a real kind of leap between when, you know, they're not actually a dermatologist-led brand. So it is a bit unfair of everyone to expect them to be like this incredible, sort of like incredibly kind of dermatologically sort of sound product. I mean, obviously, obviously everything has to be safe and good for the skin. But yeah, I'm with you. There's a lot of acids in that. I mean, it it does have PHA, so it's a it's a gentler version, but that is combined with all the hardcore stuff. That's the
0: problem. That's the problem too, is that P, so PHAs are my favorite acid. However, many now brands are coming out and they say this has PHA, so it's more gentle. But when you look, you're, you're going wait, but it also has glycolic, which is, you know, such a low molecular weight that, that it totally defeats the purpose of the PHA because now you're doing both. And you're exactly right. And I think Glossier, what it started as was more of, you know, this kind of like, it started as a really fun brand. It was, you know, coming from into the gloss and it's not necessarily the most incredible formulations, but you know, I love their makeup. I'm a big fan of Glossier makeup and I'm obsessed with their branding. Uh, but yeah, just something to be careful with. And I think especially younger, uh, younger girls who are starting to use skincare, calling something the solution. First of all, there's no one, one size fits all product. There's also no You know, one product is going to be the solution. So I think that that's also again great marketing, and I get it. But yeah, just be careful.
1: I definitely should have had solution in my buzzword section. Damn it! (laughs) I know. Do you know why? I I love that you have a favorite acid. Like that's so. I know. Brilliant. (laughs) I
0: know. I you know it's funny. I like have my favorite hydrating ingredients, but yeah, my favorite acid, and in fact, what changed my skin completely was PHAs, and it was kind of before the patent had lifted totally. And it was still really expensive for brands to formulate with it because obviously Neostrata owned the the patent for it for so long. So it changed my life. And I was like big Exubiance fan before. Now Exubiance is like having its moment, which I'm really happy about, but I digress. <laughs> I could talk about it. I could talk about PHAs, especially all day. So, so when it comes to the, to the ingredients list, I think that this is, in my opinion, the best um, breakdown that I've ever seen of an ingredients list. And I actually was reading through it and going, but how did you get the information? Because it is so hard to find this info. So we I mean, you must've done hours and hours of research into this. We,
1: we did a lot of research. And at first, actually, I was only going to pick out kind of like key ingredients. And mm-hmm. then it was really like my publishers really leaned on me and I'm really glad that they did to, to really define every single ingredient. that was on an incubus and as soon as I'd done it I realized it was absolutely the right thing to do and it was a really fascinating read but yeah it took ages um but we did also you know enlist the help of of the brands themselves everything was kind of checked with them you know so that what was put down as a humectant wasn't accidentally in an emollient or whatever so exactly um, so they are very much verified because yes, you can get when you Google these things, you can get multiple different types of answers online.
0: You can. And I think it's just important to note too, Thanks. like just like baking a cake, if you give me the same ingredients as you know, an expert baker, well, first of all, my cake won't even rise. Like I can't cook, but um, I, I will make a very different cake. And so I think that it's important, you know, this analogy is actually not my own, but um, to note that even if the ingredients are the exact same in a product, the way that it's formulated might be very different. One might be more suitable for sensitive skin and one might be, you know, not. So that's, that's really important too, to not only look at the ingredients list, but then also consider the source, which I know you talk about uh, product dupes in here and about how just because it has the same ingredient, for example, hyaluronic acid, this is my kind of favorite example, doesn't mean it's the same quality. It doesn't mean that they've put as much time and effort into the formulation. And that's why, you know, in some cases, yes, you're paying for marketing, but in other cases you are paying for, um, you know, better formulation. And I think one, another
1: one thing to take away exactly is that um, if, you know, if you see an ingredient highlighted on the front of the label, and this is quite sort of simple thing to do you know your retinol your hyaluronic acid your whatever you know do flip the label over and check out where it sits within the inky listing inky listings are done by weight and concentration so if more of an ingredient is up the the top end of the inky list or the ingredients up front have the highest weight in the basically in the product Um, So if your key ingredient is right at the end, and really, you know, when you've done a bit of Googling, that concentration or that amount means that it's not going to do that much for you, then it's just put there quite tokenistically, sorry.
0: Yeah. Also, there's differences too in the, I think it's the US and the UK as well. Like after a certain, after one of the top ingredients, they can mix up the order, which is really cheeky. Yeah. I think that you just have to, yeah, look at what's at the very, very tip top of, um, and most most of the time it's kind of, you know, water and, you know, things like that, but look, look just after water and um, what, yeah, what's in it because that can be deceiving too. And if something comes before water,
1: then that is quite, also quite amazing and interesting. <laughs> yeah. Like I think I, I go through, um, because water is generally... The highest the highest weight but um I go into I think it's Bio Effects EGF serum and they've got glycerin as their number one ingredient which is really quite rare and mm-hmm. glycerin is a very moisturizing ingredient a very, very you know you're gonna look super juicy after you've used it quite instantly you know so that tells you a lot about that product and what that's gonna do for your skin and it's that you are going to look very hydrated quite quickly.
0: That's it do you use that one? Oh my gosh I love
1: it. Oh that's my like change my life product love that one Had no
0: way oh my gosh okay uh-huh. I'm gonna look I'm gonna look into that because we don't actually recommend very many products from that brand. I think there's like two products we recommend currently. So I'm gonna go look at that. I love to let me just
1: that. very quickly surmise as to why I love that brand so much. I, I was lucky enough to go and film in there. They've got a sort of greenhouse which looks like a spaceship on the outcrop of sort of some black Icelandic lava rocks in just outside Reykjavik. They grow in there this incredible crop of barley plants on which mm. they grow their sort of modified egf growth factor which is it's just a it's a beautiful incredible place and but it's quite rare that you get to go to such a sort of you know it was literally a giant greenhouse but it was a laboratory where they make skincare so it felt like a really like pure natural form of science which was so interesting but to sort of i digress again about like when you put a few drops of that egf serum on your skin in the evening it's one of the few serums I've ever, when I've woken up in the morning, I've really noticed a visible difference. You know, because a lot of skincare, you know, over time, several weeks, you'll start to notice a difference. But this has a really good visual impact the next morning. I highly recommend it.
0: <laughs> well, I am going to be Running to (laughs) purchase this right now. I'm going to purchase it right after this. I'm so excited. I'm a big, like, I love a hydrating serum because my skin's so dry and rosacea prone. And so I'm really excited about this. My my favorites are like Pestle and Mortar Medicaid. So I'm just going to add this to my rotation. I'm excited. Well, okay. So, do you know what that reminds me of? Is this, um, speaking of biodynamics, I went to a a vineyard in California that they use biodynamics, and the whole process in which the product was made really, well, the, the wine was made, really made the wine taste better. And I think that's like skincare too, when you, I mean, you've been able to go to the place and see how it's made and it's made it more special. So I think there is something to be said for that. I know that skincare, you know, obviously there is a practical element of it and getting, you know, something for a good price and this and that, but there's something about the story of the brand that also means something as well.
1: Totally. Have you ever, have you heard of Ela Skincare? Yes, and they say they say prayers and do kind of spiritual ceremonies over all of their, you know, product manufacturing. Which is, you know, if you don't believe in that stuff, it doesn't matter. But it's such goodness and good intention and good practice that's going into your skincare. You, you can be sure that there is a good practice that's spread throughout the rest of the brand as well.
0: Exactly, and I think we're gonna we're gonna go into a few 2021 trends and talk about that because I do think that this that element of the creating of skincare and the the whole process, the whole supply chain is definitely, well, it's, you know, a trend. I hope it's more of a movement, but yeah, we'll get into that. Just to finish off, I want to highlight the back of the book too, because I know that there's just goodness all the way through, but at the back of the book, you, you do give some really good kind of tips and notes about how to kind of diarize your skincare, which we're really big on. One of our biggest things with our consultation is, Helping people to understand when they need to use things, what they use things with, and what they shouldn't. Uh, for example, you know, not mixing certain acids, not using overusing acids, how to you know ease into retinol, that kind of thing. So I think that this gives you a really great kind of guide on how you can start to do that on your own. Obviously, you should come to us and we'll do it for you. But if you want to do it um, on your own and just educate yourself on what that should look like, it's super helpful. And also, just some of your favorite you know, destinations are in the back as well. And, you know, things like how to build a basic skincare routine. And then, like I said, you give a place where people can write notes like me, I'm going to be writing in a really pretty pen in the back, some of my favorite notes, pages that I loved. But yeah, the the very end of the book, I think there's some great, great stuff.
1: Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I always need somewhere to write a list or jot things down. Or just feel like I've, I suppose, feel like I've participated in it rather than just read it and, you know, it gone over the top of my head.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I'm the same. I feel like you you really did think of everything here and I just love the touch I love that touch and just the entire book it's so well thought out and it's like I said it's beautiful. We're going to be doing a story I'm sure closer to the time with the the cover and everything so everyone can kind of go and check that out I'm sure when this goes live. But before we close out I just want to bridge into beauty trends for 2021 because obviously you're very much in the know in terms of the industry and also your books launching in 2021. So this is so exciting. So everyone needs to be getting their hands on, on this book in 2021, for sure. Um, I would say I'm very much looking forward to you all getting to, to read it and see it and everything. But what do you think are the big skincare beauty trends for 2021?
1: Well, I mean, 2020 has been such an extraordinary year. I mean, I think everybody on this planet's had a bit of a weird one. It's so many things have changed. And I was really lucky that because of, well, there's nothing lucky about what's been happening the last year, but Um, I was given a chance to kind of put some additions in because so much has happened within skincare and within beauty, you know, the black lives matter movement, you know, COVID, no traveling, isolation, wearing face masks, like so much that affects skincare and how we approach our skin. And so, yeah, so I I mean, I I think the number one thing I'm going to focus on for 2021 is like just sorting out the mess that masks have left on the bottom half of my face, you know, despite my greatest intentions, I've, I've developed eczema around my nose and around the sides of my mouth. Um, I went through, which is now I've got under control, but I went through a breakout when we first had to, you know, be at home mm-hmm. um, during the lockdown. And, and I learned a lot about my skin during that time. Um, but I think one of the biggest things that I'm interested in that we're gonna see in is hygiene. It, you yeah. know, hygiene is the new luxury. So in luxury skincare, especially, we're seeing a lot of brands come out that are doing like monodosing and like single use packaging. And then it's how does that infect the environment? Are there good sort of recycling schemes that are put in behind those brands, you know, or are they using like really interesting, like, for example, there's a lot of um, brands coming out with dissolvable capsule packaging and stuff like that, that, you know, just goes down the hole and doesn't hurt the environment. So there's a, I think we're going to see a lot in kind of more hygienic skincare for sure.
0: I had made a note as well. I think that this kind of, you know, antibacterial and antimicrobial trend is going to be huge. Uh there's already been, you know, a major focus on the microbiome and the gut connection previously, but now I feel like we're really going to start to see that, um, you know, skin microbiome that goes hand in hand and this antimicrobial, antibacterial kind of thing plays into that. So I guess what what my fear is though is that people are going to go overboard with this kind of cleanliness um, trend and, you know, that may result in over stripping or overdoing it. So of course we want to be clean, but that doesn't necessarily mean getting, you know, a muslin cloth and scrubbing off your face. Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited about this trend. I feel like there's going to be a lot of innovation around this, making sure that our product packaging also is hygienic. So I think that that plays into it as well. It's not just about the product. It's how it's packaged and how it's delivered. Uh, it would be great to not be, you know, dipping our fingers into pots and everything all the time. But yeah, I guess the caveat was just to not to not overstrip the skin.
1: <laughs> You've still got to put the good stuff in. And that's why I'd say my, like, I guess my second sort of trend is I'm definitely seeing like a rising kind of like positive beauty brands I guess you know sort of diverse and inclusive brands have been like emerging more and more in makeup especially but I think people need some goodness you know in Mm -hmm. 2021 people some happiness some joy we're seeing like some amazing um, i've been lucky enough to consult on a few brands that are coming out next year and they've all got really bright beautiful colorful packaging i think we're going to move away from this very like clinical look of our skincare you know and go more into the drunk elephant realm with kind of yes. like beautiful colors um I, 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 things like neuroesthetics, which are like the idea that like, your environment and the things that surround you, the way that they look affect your mood, you know, mm-hmm. having beautiful objects in your bathroom that you get out of, I think is such a nice thing. And, and I think it was Louise Parker, actually, who's a nutritional expert, told me that the way to form a new habit, so this might be a new skincare regime, is to involve objects you know, that really are so beautiful that you want to use them. So she used the example of like, if you're trying to drink more water, you know, to mm-hmm. keep your skin looking better, make sure you place beautiful, beautiful ceramic or glass jugs of water around your house that you love the look of. So you actively, positively want to drink the water.
0: It's so true. I just got one of those fish jugs that they, you know, they glug when you pour it. It's, it's so fun. I'm obsessed with it. I pour water all the time because I have this new jug. I, Yeah, I'll also say, though, I have one that you um, you attach it to wine. It's like a little bird, and you when you pour it, um, when the wine comes out, so it's like you're pouring the wine out of the bird's mouth, and it chirps. It goes chirp, 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 chirp when you pour the wine. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely a trend
1: for 2021. Drink more wine. probably not so good.
0: for Well, red wine has antioxidants. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. Nice one or by quarterly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, and so then I just, I think that, you know, one more kind I guess, another trend that I want to highlight is, is the streamlining of skincare and, um, you know, kind of this stripped back marketing. And I think what, you know, what we're doing, we're actually launching our training program in 2021. It's kind of a masterclass and, this not only promotes, you know, we have the virtual side of things, which is definitely like a post COVID thing, but also this working towards a streamlined routine that works for you and, you know, skin intellectuals. So all consumers being skin intellectuals, understanding what their skin needs and then what products they need to buy as a result of that. And I think this book supports that because, you know, you can really do your research on ingredients. You can really do your research on how to read ingredients lists, and then you can make your own decisions rather than just being talked into a product, which I'm so guilty of. I'm, I am still a sucker for good, good marketing, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. And, you know, obviously streamlined means less waste. So that's good too. It's fun homework, this book, I think maybe it should be the homework
1: for your masterclasses
0: then. Oh my gosh. It's in the additional readings already. I've already added it. (laughs) I love you. You actually have an additional reading section too.
1: Yeah, I do.
0: Because you could go on forever in skincare, it
1: never ends.
0: It never ends. So is there anything else that you wanted to highlight, I guess, for 2021 or just with the book in general? Probably maybe
1: for 2021 as well. I think when I'm saying, you know, good, positive brands, like skincare has seen a real rise this year because of everything that's happened. You know, people are spending more time at home, more time in their bathrooms. But it's also about self-care, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You know, and like, if you don't treat yourself to a lovely facial massage, with your own skincare products every night, you are super missing out. And if there's one resolution for the new year that you start, it's that you really look at the way you apply your skincare, which I know isn't exactly what my book is saying. It's saying, look at what's in your skincare. But once you've done that. Yeah. (laughs) Once you've done that, enjoy (laughs) it. A wonderful, enjoy it.
0: Yeah. Make it, make, help it make you feel good. Exactly. Exactly. And I think definitely this is a plug for our consultations, but you know, This is one hour where all you do is talk about your skincare, you talk about your skin and yourself. And this is something that we all need a bit of, I think, you know, making time for ourselves and also just making skincare something that's more fun it doesn't have to be stressful or something that you're dreading you know doing before bed um before you go to sleep even though i know after late night it can be (laughs) annoying um we're not having very many of those i think at the moment but um yeah just making sure that it's something you look forward to and i think when your products are really curated for you um and they're you know you've been recommended brands that go with your lifestyle and stuff it can just make it that much more fun so i think that's you know that's part of what what we're doing too This has been so much fun and it was such a pleasure to get to speak to you and hear more about the book and, you know, your beauty kind of trends to look out for for 2021. Um, Tell me quickly, what is the exact release date and where can everybody order it? So 29th
1: of January um, is when it's out. You can find it pretty much everywhere. Type it into Amazon. If bookshops are open, we're obviously recording this a a few weeks before it goes live. Um, Fingers crossed. Uh, But yeah, give it a Google. It's called The Beauty Brief, um, an insider's guide to skincare. And thank you so much for having me and, and allowing me to waffle
0: on about it for half an hour. Of course. I loved it and I loved reading it. And so it's it has a permanent place on my side table now. Thank you so much for listening and don't hesitate to contact us if you have any question. You can reach us on DM on leon.ldn or email us at hello at leonldn.co.uk. Don't forget to check out our website for more info on our virtual consultations and for bookings. It's time your skincare earned its place on your bathroom shelf.